0: Okay, so I'd like to just uh, welcome Andrew Lewis from the Royal Borough of Windsor and Maidenhead Libraries. Um, I won't go into the whole biographical spiel, but just to let you know that Andrew is um, very much involved in development of electronic services in the public library sector, and he's produced a number of papers um, to advocate um, the wider exploration of multimedia and accessibility. and uh, we, put, we invited him here because he's been um, looking into gaming in libraries and using Flash and all sorts of interesting stuff and we wanted to hear more about it, so um, I won't say any more than that, So okay. I'll hand over to Andrew.
1: Okay, well, uh, first of all, thank you. I'm pleased to have been invited here. Uh, as uh, Lissa said, my name's Andrew Lewis. Um, I'm here really just to share some of my experience from multimedia that I've developed uh, in Windsor and Maidenhead which is a public library as you said so it's quite a different audience but, um, and really I'm guessing you're here because you've got some interest in multimedia yourself either you've created it or you're creating services that you think may, <coughs> may be using it and really it's a very uh, straightforward uh, presentation today I will just be showing you things that I have created myself and showing you the rationale I had behind creating them some detail of the equipment and software and so on and the strategies I've used to, to create them. So some technical, some what you need to be thinking about if you're creating multimedia and so on. And hopefully at the um, end of it you'll get some idea of the pitfalls you can fall into or the uh, strategies you can adopt uh, when you're trying to develop these things. Uh, first of all, the title of my presentation obviously it is a question. DIY game-based multimedia in your library, is it for you? So um, hopefully by the end of it you may be able to get some um, some idea. I'm, I'm, it would be a bit disappointing if I turn around and say, no, it's not for you. But um, I think you can make your own mind up. But I will just be running through, uh, demonstrating the, the multimedia that I have created. And then you can... Um, you can see what I was getting at, really. I will have to swap PCs in the middle of this, yes, I understand. So nod. I'll just give you the nod. I'll, I'll start off on this one over here and um, take it from there. So. Okay. By the way, and people who've got
0: 10, five 10 of uh, Yes, I,
1: uh, I generally do that anyway. Okay. Right. The uh, first example I got, sorry, I'm not going to rely too much on the PowerPoint because it's very boring sometimes, PowerPoint, but um, just to get a bit of grounding... The first um, example is really the first foray I had into doing it in a live uh, public service environment where I had to make something that actually had to go out and be used by customers. And the, the main background to this one was about trying to market computers to sceptical library users, which in itself does sound quite implausible, really. I can't actually imagine many library users not wanting to use a computer or wanting to use anything other than a computer, but this was back in the... Dark days of public libraries with not that many public computers that got on the internet. Um, I don't know how many people have heard of the Network Project. Right. You know, usually, I say that and everyone goes nope. <laughs> but um, effectively, it was a big lottery grant that gave away a lot of money that was divvied up to local councils to put internet computers in public libraries. Um, which actually, strangely enough, as they like to trumpet, did come in on time as a thing. It was all done according to plan, and everyone had lots of um, computers, but strangely enough, when you had them in, a, in an area used by children, the first thing their parents would do when they came into the building was just basically say, wait, do not touch that, you'll break it. And uh, that sort of, <laughs> which I, I've summed up in this next slide, um, that's basically the parental sort of the attitude to it. And to some extent, but less so, the child's attitude. They had that general, when I'm in a shop, I'll play with it until I'm told not to, but I'll see if I can get away with it. Um, and really... The main basis of the next game, uh, the, ne- the multimedia which I'll show you, which are uh, just effectively computer games, was to make them so they were being an in-your-face, especially for younger children. Um, the older ones, wasn't a problem for them because they were independent and they were talking to the teenagers and so, But the younger children, just to show them and, and also their parents peering over their shoulders that we, we provide stuff that we expect them to use and, and obviously we wouldn't do this if we didn't just want them to go and play it. You know, our, mantra, if you like, it's just going and use them, you won't break them, which is more or less true, <laughs> but um, now I have to switch between um, this and another bit here, due to a minor technical hitch here, if I can find my oh, well, there we go, that wasn't too difficult, um, this is our games interface, which uh, has take, gone through a few um, changes over the years, but this is the current version of it, and this is one of the options you have on the public computers that you don't need to log into and so on and so forth And all all these games are ones that are developed from um, from scratch using Flash, basically, and some other bits and pieces of of, uh, software and hardware, which I'll show you in a bit. But effectively, they're all done in Flash, and they are really, 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 basically simple. So they're aimed at mm, anywhere between 0 to 9, although usually it's more like 3 to 9, because um, most of the the younger ones can't get it. So the all-time, most popular, classic game of all time on our lovely computers is KPOB which oh, if I can actually get it to go here we go oh, no, no, no. <laughs> you may know there's intentionally no real educational value in any of these games um, because they are supposed to be games and not follow these steps to learn how to use a library and so on but um, I'll come on to more of that sort of thing later so effectively we've got that one the reason for creating our own rather than sending them off to our other ones... Partly it was a technical issue that if we send... People, we'll get some sound effects in this one. Um, let me just come back to the... index while i do this. The reason for creating our own rather than using other ones, as I say, is we could just send people off to external websites where there are lots of games and so on, but partly there's a, a slight filtering issue with that, but, but also... We wanted to make sure it was us telling them this message so it wasn't, you know, Yahoo is great because next minute it might have been hacked in by, you know, child porn authors or whatever. So we we wanted to be quite in control of the content we were delivering. So we we wanted our messages on it. So when you go into a game like, uh, let's go back to QPW again, come back to Pirate Sound in a minute, you get different messages across the bottom, which is not displaying at the moment. Um, But there's a scrolling, not scrolling. There's a selection of messages which it um, can choose at random. So, like, learning is, is good for you, and this sort of thing. I can't. I think it's probably your firewall or whatever that's stopping up working here. Um, so, go back to borrow Sam. We do have a vague library theme to most of these games. Uh, this may be a little loud. So, I think um, there we'll Certain of, um, a certain amount of sound effects on I mean, it. Those two games I've showed you there are probably our highest usage games, and I can't remember the actual statistics for them. Well, I'll come on to that in a minute, but they are, you can walk into a library and you see people using it all the time. So, the, the, end, the end result of all of this, I've all showed some other ones, the end result of it was that these have been phenomenally successful. I can't, can't remember the t- stats, but i put it on a slide that will follow in a minute to um, show you. I did venture into um, other things. You may notice that they all teach. When I said earlier there was no learning in it, there is a slight um, uh, what's the word? Development by usage type learning, which is basically does about low level math skills. So a lot of children at age three or so they can use maths. And now I think it's probably less of an issue than it was then, because most people do actually have home computers, and all schools do. At the time it was it was much lower. Uptake of PCs in the population. Um, so basically, your match pairs is clicking, your keep pee up is, is clicking and moving it around, so it's more of a general skill, so you have to be quite dexterous to do it. This was the only game that I'm aware of where children have actually developed a cheat for it as well, which is almost <laughs> like a little badge of honour in, in game making, which is essentially if you right click on it and stop the video, uh, the file rather, and you just it, and, go, and then you go to the desk and go, I've just scored 85 on this video, and we actually printed some of the certificate for their achievement, and then think before we eventually worked out from their friend that they'd been um, cheating the system, but anyway, that, that's a good thing, because it means that your audience is engaged with your product, basically, so you um, run to put it in like the more um, dull terms, but, but that's basically was quite a little turning point so um, let me show you the only one that we had, where I attempted to do something that was a bit more if you like traditional and educational this is quite big so it may take a while to learn. Which was um, trying to tie in with the Welcome the, to uh, our interactive guide to the hobbit. You read this. Find yeah. out about the characters in Tolkien's great book and play Rescue Bilbo, where you eat and get treasure. But watch out for those goblins. Click anywhere on the screen or use the return key to start your guided tour. The sound quality on some of these varies. At the time, I think I was using a, I think it was a mini-disc recorder, because um, digital recorders weren't quite as widely in the open market, and then it had to be put through some um, what did put it through some file check, uh, conversion software, because it certainly only uses its own uh, format that you can't just generally use in so- other softwares. It did not use web files or MP3s, it just uses some AAC or something, which I didn't understand. But luckily there are sort of strange geeks out on the internet that will create these converses and put them up there for nothing, and thank, thank you to them. Um, but this, effectively, there's sort of that, that slight bookish bit there, so there's a bit, a bit of more everything going on. So you can either look at... This button will take you to a guide to the characters in The Hobbit. A who's who of strange beasties. He may also notice that most of the voices, I think all of them, bar one, are mine, and that emphasises the DIY element of this uh, in this talk. Because um, by and large, a lot of this was done actually out of, out of working hours anyway, just because um, it was never going to develop otherwise. Really, it did get better. So once we we got it successful and we people were doing it, we had the local press involved. No were quite interested, and then some. Uh, local companies, I can't remember who it is now, computer associates who um, make software for back-end systems but don't have any front-facing products like Microsoft do, which they can't give away because they create cash points, but they basically just phoned up and gave us a grant one day because they, they trying to do corporate responsibility. So there is there is money in it as well, but not a lot. So, um, the main thing with it is the, the attracting the users and then the kudos that you get for just having something that's a bit different from a poster on a wall basically yeah. so, so it's it's quite high impact so instead of reading reams of stuff about what Goblins are also known as Orcs a cruel violent race not much larger than Dwarves but very ugly most live underground and they cannot stand bright light Goblins are old enemies of Dwarves so they cause a lot of trouble for Bilbo and his friends including Kidnapping, fights, and nearly burning the dwarves alive. So, you get the general picture. You can actually play a game. Where is it? Uh, Gameplay Bilbo Baggins well, lost a in so dark it. and dangerous tunnels. So, basically, your <laughs> so Bilbo Baggins getting down this tunnel and so on and so forth. I think this actually gets more use than the um, interesting facts about the books. You can also run away at night. So, broadly, that's the first one. Um, although, as far as the child's concerned, and their parents looking over the shoulder because the child never comes in as it's, its own audience because it's not allowed to wander around by itself until it's about... Well, five in some cases, but in most cases it's sort of ten or eleven. So, junior, junior age children up to the age of about nine, are the target audience. So, I think that the content um, certainly, certainly works because it. Um one. Yeah, so. so, how much use do we get from this? Uh, something like two hundred thousand accesses in the past six years, which is miles by anything else we ever do on anything, basically. So, something like 33 a year, thousand a month, 33 a day, and that's an average. So, so I mean, on a, if you plot the graph, it goes school all day, school all day, school all day, <laughs> school all day, like that, and effectively as soon as you've got the audience in that target, before they just use it, so, so it's very successful. Um... We were able to sneak in the word "Sulip" at one point as well before they changed all the rules on their multimedia group, which makes it much harder now. But um, so we got quite a lot of publicity out of it as well. So the councils thought we were great. And, oh, we did license it as well, so we had three other three other councils in the UK, which I think are Southampton, Buckinghamshire and Norfolk, that were using them, slightly tweaked versions of it. I think they finally got their use out of it because one of them stopped using it, but um, but effectively they were giving us three hundred pounds a year just for game that we never maintained we just said here's some files, use them as you want so so, um, so all in all that was, that was quite a successful one for us um, second example I've got um, is slightly more um, slightly different in that it's more about not the content itself but how you deliver it because um, the, the first thing you tend to think of is how am I going to make this thing um, You know, who's going to make it, what do I need, what technology do I need but it's all about content but actually as important as the content you create is the channel you choose to deliver it by so one of the next things that we're trying to do at one point was to build a grant for a bit of research from um, Semlac as well as so I think they're just about to close down I should say that. But, um, is a research grant to seeing whether we could make Flash sorry, make an accessible application using Flash because Flash has got this very bad reputation of being totally inaccessible and um, you must never use it because it's Flash basically so one of the pilots that I was doing in that Piece of research was just really to see whether you could um, disprove that, or just show something that was actually useful um, as a service, but also was not going to cause a problem with disabilities. So I had to choose a service to make something small out of, and then make it, put it on the web, and and get people who have disabilities um, to actually test it. So having done some accessibility testing before, you can download all sorts of trial versions of speech readers. uh, Sorry, screen readers. Things like that, so I was able to do that. But, but the real test is giving it to, to people with disabilities. So rather than just say I think this is accessible, um, we we'll use someone way money to pay the short trust to do something a bit like the national um, sorry the NLB IAB <coughs> testing, but they use people with learning difficulties as well, people with deaf and other things as well. So I'll just show you the form, and then I'll show you the difference between the two because we had two forms and, and the. The usage, depending on where they were delivered. So, let me just find my original one. Where are we? Uh, So, let me just refresh this page. You'll notice it's checking for accessibility aids because it... Hello there! We'd really like your comments. Please use this form to tell us what you think about library services in the Royal Borough. So, basically... The idea is that it just talks to you so that you don't have to, to um, get staff to get the fairly small child, which is what I'm saying that to explain it, the form will explain itself. Basically, um, the reason it has that little bit at the beginning, which I prefer it didn't have at all, because it's really just functional background stuff, is because if if somebody is blind and they're using a screen reader, the application will detect that and turn all the sound off, because otherwise you get confusion between their speech and your speech. Um, that. Seemed to work fine. It's, there are, I can't remember, I nicked, nicked the code for that. But that was out on the wild web somewhere. One of the um, uh, Macromedia's technicians had just published some. This is how you do it. So I was able to sort of steal their ideas, um, which I'm sure they're very pleased about because that's what they want to do. Right. Use this form to fill in your details and send us your comments. When you are finished, use the next button. Right. A N D R E W. Forty three, I'm sorry. Uh B O Y just about where are we? O U H E L O M M I T N K Y A S I haven't yet, although I may have to at some point work out a way to turn that off by the users, because some users think it's really funny. Um I'll show you a particular use that my son discovered, which is very good, if you listen carefully. <laughs> <laughs> it's good, isn't it? so, <laughs> Only a nine-year-old could discover that, too. So, well, let's hope any your nine-year-old could. So let me just send that. Are uh, you happy with what you've put? Just send, just send it to us. So this was developed... It, it, Got tested by the um, Shaw Trust. They came back with some problems that they found. Um, so the replay button there. Are you happy with what you've put? Just send, and just send it to us. Was in response to somebody basically who um, uh, had learning difficulties and they frequently didn't have an attention span so they, they had to listen to it again basically. so So I was trying to get. Uh, the accessibility testing to do more than what is the usual thing they accessibility, which is, which is basically in the blind people because that, that's usually the, the only way these things are discussed um, it's actually quite hair-raising giving your thing over to real people but it's the only real way you can actually say that you've done it properly really but they came back and they had some comments and we were ma- we managed to incorporate most of the um, comments there were some technical issues that we couldn't resolve because of the uh, thing that was in, in the flash equipment and the thing that is in their screen reader conflicted but it wasn't actually uh, there wasn't really a way of saying which piece of software was the blame. it's more that the technical limitations of their screen reader were, were, were not able to read certain things because they're not HTML mostly. so we managed to gain more things um, than lose them but we effectively came up with limits on what you can do. I did Write all this up, and I haven't got it with me, which I probably should have. Done, but I can find you the, the URL, which I'll give to you and in, in include on it because it, I did write up things I found and, and the specific things that will cause a problem. Um, they're not major, but um, but they are sort of interest. But so that form's been out know, there since I think about 2005, and it's all very pretty and very good and stuff. But the basic problem with it is it's on the web, and the web, as you probably know, is a great big thing for lovely distractions and and all sorts of stuff but if you are in competition with every single thing out in the rest of the world um, there are other children's pages that are associated around it but pretty much they're always going to be duller than almost anything you can imagine when you're a 9 or 10 year old because you know, my children alone spend days chatting to each other in RuneScape and all the other online gaming things that are out there um, or YouTube or whatever they, they, they all use it all day long basically uh, so the, the bottom line is, I can't remember what the actual um, stats are, but nobody very much used it, which was always a bit disappointing, although you know, technically it proved what I wanted to do with the accessibility, but in terms of the service, it wasn't really being used. So I decided to adapt a version of it for the um, computers, the library computers, which we knew were heavily used because basically we had all the statistics showing that they were used 30 times a day or so, whatever, Maybe, maybe. Hello there. We'd really like your comments. <coughs> Please use this form to tell us what you think about of services in the Royal Borough. Right, I won't go through the entire thing all over again because you've seen it once, well, but effectively it's exactly the same thing, but it's it's just bigger um, because because it's. Um, because it's on the, I'm actually using a browser here on, on a normal PC. It's just full screen. There's no, there's no nothing around it basically. So it's just in your face and really easy. But it's also on the, the public PCs in all the children's libraries in the controlled area where you just can't go out to anything else. So we've got these. Um, there's internet access if you wanted via you know, permission forms as well. But there's also non secured access for the games, just to, and, the, and other library online resources, the subscription things are for the homework. And, and it's in that area. So the, the difference. I'll come back to my purple. The um, oh, these are examples of comments. So once we put on a PC, basically, was <laughs> use, use a lot. But, but these are great because they are actually, obviously, spoken by a child. You know, I don't know if anyone's ever tried to do a survey of children. I've seen a few pieces of research saying it and possibly difficult it is, but in reality, you would expect them to ask you ask them a question, expect them to answer it. They come back with something completely different, and they just don't take you seriously because you're an adult. And they try to subvert everything, but, but it is quite interesting. That you do get these really quite some of them are very sweet, actually. Um, there's a Lovely magic kitty books. So I don't know what magic kidney books are, but you do get you know you get ideas for uh, a bike rack and things like that, which you'd never get if you just said, "What do you think about the library, then, Sunny?" So they just go, "Big adult, scary, move away." Or something. So it's a bit. Um, Obviously, when you get user-generated comment, there is another side to it, which is um, other comments, like this. <laughs> so, so, with the, the, the warts and all, basically, so this is, this is where it can go. So, what we don't do is display the comments automatically onto the PCs, basically. You, you can choose to do that, or you can choose to have them so they go through a workflow where somebody looks at them and, and decides whether I'll put that or not. I think... I think the top one was actually from Saddam Hussein after he was executed. <laughs> but still from Cox Green School Library, so I don't know quite why, why they put that bit in there. So, so, delivery channels, which is coming back to my original point, um, effectively it's the same piece of content, um, but delivered in two different ways, and on the web, these are not absolutely accurate, but more or less in the time it could take me to find them. of like maybe 20 comments in two years on the web, but uh, virtually nothing, really. And certainly most of them are just people accidentally finding it and putting stuff in. The other one, we have 250 comments in a year, so we get two comments every three days, basically, from children, which is, you know, you never get that from feedback forms, paper forms, even the verbal comments. So, so it's extremely effective. A lot of them are interesting, but you do get real, real comments, and so you do get sort of stuff that you can work on. That like the Uh Right. So the next one. Is using game incentives to gather user feedback. And I'll just find my other browser here. This was trying to take. Oh here we go. This was trying to take um, the idea of um, the fact that children will do anything to get to get if they're into games. Not the children, are, I have to confess, but if if there's something in it they want to do, they will basically uh, if they've got enough incentive, they can get them to do other things. We've done a previous. Uh, example where we put little tickets out and uh, they could get onto a game which had more content if they went to the decimal with these tickets from the staff and into the code in and that you know you can actually watch people you can tell where this happened, where you can physically make people do things by incentives. So, but this, this one where we're trying to, to get where effectively it's a game. Um, but we just devo- I just developed the ability to connect it to a certain amount of data. So I was trying to do it the central which previously I hadn't been able to do. Just log in. So, first thing you know is to play to save your scores in this game, which is i.e., there's a high score in this game, which we haven't previously got in the other games, you have to be logged on to do it. Um, the reason you have to be logged on, I mean you can play without it, but the reason you have to be logged on, if I don't remember my own So you have sit around with your level, um, a little bit of Trying to avoid that. Thank the BBC for the entire content yeah, for this of I've got a five basically I've uh, killed by my like friend. friend oh, yes, comes out at random so sometimes it misses Oh, it okay, we okay, okay, okay. normally that's but in order to save your score, you've got to basically tell us slide what's so, in Of course, <laughs> typical leading librarians. you can't do anything and just let people play. So um, well, if you type your score in there, it'll get on the and so on. I have, to put some, I have to put something like that in so when I'm demonstrating it yeah, and it goes into the data, I don't get confused with the real So... So there we are, and they will say, oh, like, right, the spell's not fun anymore. Know, there's another example where those top two usernames, those are real. <coughs> um, in fact, they're all real, but the, the top two was an example of people reading around the um, certain websites have got things in, it didn't even spell it, so people will fuck basically, so it will ban it. So they put tit in, but they spell it like that because nobody will be able to stop it. So, yeah, ch- children are much cleverer than, um, than anything you can throw at them, because there's there's hundreds of them doing it and they all tell each other and they work out the thing and, and the thing so, I mean, it's, it's a good sign because it shows that they're actually um, talking about it and discussing it if there was no scores on there at all I'd be more worried so I can't remember quite how many but I think I've had about 250 people to leave um, so it's, you, know, you get some stuff from so again children's comments Um these are the sort of things they tend to come up with. So sad stories like Jack and Wilson—that's that's quite a rare one. They don't usually take it that seriously. because they're trying to do is through this sport. So, um, and whilst you know some people actually stop and, and do it, I uh, suspect that the top left one was. So, um, whereas the third one down on the right usually if somebody's playing a game they'll, they'll just type in whatever they manage to type the quickest three times in the game. so you get lots of other but, but because in the background you've got this data coming out of the game you can see all the patterns of behaviour and things like that which, which gives you information about what people are doing in a way that you need a post or a survey or a poster or something like that I just can't tell you because it's just it's not it's, it's uh, an account of what they're doing, and an account from a child to an adult of what they're doing is basically a bit, think, what people here. This tells you what they are actually doing, basically, and there is that slight thing because you're monitoring them, really, in, in, in one sense. Let's turn the other one off because I think we'll get um, the sound of you down to us. Um, right, the final one I've got, I do need to switch over to the yeah, other yeah, PC for this one, so a moment of technological... I'll say that. No. Should go, that's it. Lovely. Um, this was another pilot I did in a research phase um, called Big Bad World, which was an attempt to create an information literacy game for younger children in a primary school. The last two years of primary school, which I can't I can never remember what year it was, it was five and six it was um, I had done some research on the, uh, where information literacy fits into the curriculum, which is basically, it doesn't, there's some bits in English, there's some bits in science under I can't remember what it is, but study skills or something like There is no explicit mention of how to use information in the, um, in the curriculum. Uh, I'm the public library representative of the CINIP, information literacy group, but I in mean, public libraries nobody's heard of it, basically, in, in a university audience like yourself, I imagine most people know, I've heard of information that you see, if nothing else really, um, words like plagiarism might have cropped up at some point. But, um, but in public libraries, it's not like that really. Mainly because you've got every single age, every single thing you can think of in terms of people, um, are all your users, and there's no compulsion whatsoever to use them. You, know, you don't have to use a public library, you only choose to use a public library. Whereas with students, you can just say, this or you don't pass your the module. So it, it's, and they're all, you know, most of them are um, mature students who 18 to 21, so a particular demographic and so on. Um, so coming back to Big Bang World, I was trying to create a game where you could go around, uh, well I was trying to get across the concept of information literacy, which is quite hard even for us adults, but but for children it's very difficult to ex- explain it in, in sort of terms. So what I was trying to do is get them to do something that required that you use information with some thought, even if it wasn't you know, perfect, to, to, um, to just get them aware of what they're doing when they're trying to do something is that they're trying to they need information to do it, um, which is uh, its basic level, what it's all about, really. So rather than glaze over too much with the, the um, background, in order to sort of tell people what, you've, what they've been doing, you've basically got to have them log into an application because if you don't log them in, Every time you go back in, it just starts again at zero. So you've got to be able to record what they're doing over time in their game data. So uh, rather ambitiously, I intended to create more than one mission. Um, We'll come back to this later. So there is one mission, which is find the lost Rungo. um, And you, as a user of this little thing here, and there are other people in this world. It's called Big Bad World because effectively that's what the world these children live in. It's like it's quite a big scary thing and all over the place they've got to go and ask people for information to find it. And ultimately they've got to learn how to, to use it for themselves. So the the, the the name was chosen just to sort of reflect the fact that actually nobody else is going to look out for you. You've got to do it for yourself really. <coughs> so, so you can wander around in this little slightly almost pseudo three-dimensional people in a flat environment. And you'll meet little people and they'll sort of Um, they've got information, and they can either give it to you for free, or they can trade it with you, so you can say, right, okay, thanks, here's my message, it's find out more about the strange ones in the red and blue zone. And at this point, obviously, the the whole point of it being a game is you haven't got the slightest idea what they're talking about, but you've got to work it out. In reality, in um, real-life role-playing games and such like that, and all those other things that that get megabucks spent on them, you're always going to create much better interfaces... But there is a huge amount of um, problem solving involved in most of those if, if you 've got to you know go by there, get over there, get up that platform The, the amount of mental um, agility needed to play most sort of decent games on a, on a playstation is phenomenal those the they 're not um, in that sense not frivolous at all you know they, they do actually develop children 's skills in, in, in all sorts of ways that are not always um, acknowledged I think. so anyway, you wander around um, you get people they tell you things. You go down to here. Oh, look there's a signpost. Oh, what's on the signpost? Oh, this way to the library. Yes, can't, can't get away from it. There's another library. <laughs> That's a spoiler it, isn't it? Really? Mm-hmm. So anyway, you go to the library. What I was I haven't played this for about two years because it's an early pilot and I'm struggling to remember how to play it. So you go into the library and you can wander around look around the library. Is there any information? Oh look, there's some books over here. Can't get away from books either, to fight the old fashioned of me. So we get an active book. Within the library you've got books, in the books obviously you've got information. So, um, what is a Rungo? Obviously if you're trying to find the Rungo you've got to know what a Rungo is so um, here's one of the books on Rungos in the library if you go back to here there's a bit more Um, on the bottom one the common pinky makes the best pet and can easily be identified by its resemblance to a badly drawn balloon animal (laughs) that gives you some thing on our budget basically so you do all that I won't play the whole game obviously because it takes you forever this was done initially oops, as a't um, remember how to get that as a pilot with um, a local primary school basically where they um, they needed a lesson plan and I needed some access to children which in the public library environment is very difficult because um, parents for obvious reasons are quite reluctant to allow you to interview their children or anything. so the only chance of getting controlled access to a sample of children that was going to stay relatively the same was to do in conjunction with the primary school um, in order to um, do that they basically we did an induction session where I took it and then the, the teacher did it for four lessons and I did another one over about I think it was the final term in summer after SATs basically because they wouldn't let you anywhere near it until SATs are out of the way um, and basically, as well as doing all that, I know one thing I missed on that. So, um, as well as do everything, your infobot, that's what it's called, has got a brain. And in the brain, all the information that you've collected is stored in the brain. So everything, that, all the facts that you've been wandering around that normally you'd keep in your head, you, you can go back to. Which is a bit like those little things that you store all the food in in games, that, that, yeah, and the, the weapons, and the upgrades, and so so you find the bits of it, information, and little people have told you this, and you can judge the information. So if, you, if you've, this one here, this one's not been judged, but you could judge it as reliable, or you could judge it as unreliable. Um, and as they go through the game, each there are significant um, points in the game which are marked with game data, so that um, every time they get to a certain bit and find the information out from one thing, it's recorded when they did it um, And the basic concept is to to go back to the class after a few weeks and say, well, when you were playing this, when you got to there, this is what you did. You spent ages wandering around, and and they go, you know, I'm stuck here. And they say, well, you took this time, but you never read that sign. And if you'd read that sign, it would have told you to go over there. If you'd got that, you could have got the book out. And then then it it just starts to sort of get, think, Oh, okay. I mean, again, dealing with real-life children is quite challenging because they never do exactly what you want. And mostly they're just trying to kill each other and, and, and sort of, Batter each other and do all sorts. There's, there's very little else they can do. So, I mean, I think in terms of a game, you know, if I'm honest about it, it was probably far too dull for them compared to the stuff they did. Because I did also interview them. Oh well, didn't interview them. I got them to write down the games they play at home. And despite the fact they're all about eight, nine, ten, so on, they're all on Grand Theft Auto and God knows what else. And, and you know, the, the, you know all, almost without exception, there was only one child in the class who said they would never played games. And I actually think they weren't telling the truth, they were just doing it for effect, basically, to be a bit weird. But, but, you know, everyone had a DS, and this was two years ago. Everyone had a, you know, whatever it was. So so it's completely, I don't know, they're imbibed in it, whatever the word is. So I won't get too much on that, because obviously the game itself will drag you for ages. Uh, Here's an example. Oops, sorry, I need to swap swap the um, technologies there again. Sorry, up. Just oh, on the screen yeah. in a second, which just basically be an example of the data that you get from it. So, username obviously you have to have the username, otherwise you don't know who you're talking about. Um, and then there's a lot of information the date they were joined and so on. That that is fairly irrelevant for this, but they have a health. They have they completed the task. Um, the total time they spent the time they found the library sign the time they first got to the library so whether they, if they looked at the sign it doesn't tell you if they did read it but it gives you some indication of when they read it if they did read it um, and then when you talk to that child later you say, did you see that? And, yes I did well you, you then know when they did that when well, they actually did something rather than what they are telling me about it um, and then when they got to the library there's things in there so you can, you can reflect with them upon what they did and how long they took to do it and how that could have affected their chances of of winning the way they were using information. So there's the rungo books there about um, this is not the same person I was just playing. But you know, when you open that book, when you read when you open that book, you can't tell them you can't tell from this whether they read it, but you can at least give them a, um, something that helps you describe them, so in terms that they they played the game and you've got information about the order that they did things and so on. And down the bottom you can tell the information they found, so if you went back to that information and said, well, you, you pick this information up, and, and if they judged it, you can tell them which pieces of the information they judged, whether they judged it reliable, and then went back and judged it unreliable, so if they, because some of the information was deliberately spurious, so if it said, you know, go and do this, I can't remember what it was, that's one thing, if you did what it asked you to do, one of the people in the middle of nowhere, they end up dying, basically. Um so then if they actually did die and then went back and judged it's unreliable they can see that they're actually making conscious decisions about the information they've made so all of that basically shows you what you can do with if you've got a properly designed game that you control the content of um, it's, it is very time consuming that's the only thing so um, whilst you can do it you do need to be thinking about it. I'll come on to strategies and things in a moment but you get some idea of what potentially can be done so, obviously, there's no point in my one of these unless I tell you all the things that have worked. So, things that work worked are using domestic equipment. Oh, in fact, this is my latest one. I, um, Strangely enough, won an Amazon voucher the other day. I've been looking for a camcorder that I don't care if my children actually break. Um, <coughs> on Amazon, they have these little it 30 quid. Um, and you can record an hour of, about two hours if you've got the right card, an hour of video that you just point and shoot, bang, off you go. It, there it is, that's just me filming that and that's all it is, it's got a screen on it fantastic thing, it's really good, and you just plug it in the computer, it, sorry it's called a Buzzy um, never heard of it before just had to find it by chance, because I've been looking for one and now they finally discover the market and they're selling them, so it's like, you know, I knew it would turn up eventually, that thing um, the other piece <coughs> of equipment that is I have got it with me, but um Mobile phones, you can actually, on some mobile phones, you can do video. So, if you're doing small DIY video, not so good for sound, but a normal digital camera, um, depending on which model and which stuff, most digital cameras you can use pretty good sound recorders because they have a sound mode. Um, They usually record it in WAV file, which can be imported into things like Flash, so you can use it. But basically, I was using, I think I said earlier, uh, a Mini display, which is the old digital technology. and then converting it, but you just get a normal camera now. and a 60 quid, a decent so 600 quid to the camera, and I think the sound is and everything. So there's, there's domestic equipment out there that will do everything you want, but virtually nothing. Well, certainly, if you've got any sort of research grant, then you, you could give everyone in your class one of those, but I mean, in the class, well, thousand pounds, but everyone's have one. So 30 quid each, so work, work out the maths. 30 people, 30 quid, as about 900 pounds. Um, and just say, right, okay, you've got 10 days, got to go and make a video diary about one it really sucks. The and then they go off, they come back, and, you know, after we throw away, but the rest of you think, ah, oh, I'm going to see what you mean about that. Yeah, so there's, there's lots of technology out there that you can use. Um, I haven't got into YouTube and, and all that sort of tagging side of things, but, but if you need to do it, those sort of things are really cheap and cheery and do the business. I mean, the quality is good as well, they're not, not rubbish. Um, freeware is another good one. Um, if you've got a file that's come out of one of these, you, you can usually convert it into a file that will go into what you wanted to go into, just by going on the web and going file type, file type, put two in the middle and converter and freeware, and sooner or later you'll find somebody who's invented it. Um, control delivery channels. That's what I was getting at with the two versions of the form one on the web. So the content's got to be good, but the delivery channels got to be as good. Um, so. Using the web, what's the web? It's just everything you can ever think of. Right? So you've got to think, you know, is, it, is my audience using YouTube on the web? Are using Facebook on the web? What is it they're going to do? Um, so using novelty for impact, basically anything that's party noise usually gets some of these attention, so it's, it's a cheap trick, but it often works. Um, income generation... Income generation... I've sort of took a slow, I've tried to wrap it up in research things, partly because if I'm doing it, I might as well tell anyone else who's got a vague interest, because when I came to do it, there was nobody out there writing about it, apart from big research projects, which are good, but, but they're too theoretical. Um, if you start that and wrap it up, you sometimes can pull in a grant, and I'm sure that we are all used to sort of trying to get to grants in the university environment for certain bits. So that can be used. If you've got something that's successful, it's 10 students say it's brilliant, or any students say it's brilliant, you might then get on to do some of um, You can gather qualitative customer data, as opposed to, you know, I've got 200,000 people use it, but I've also got that they you know, they buy a bike rack in the library, and that they at least have a book, so, um the, the curriculum model, as I sort of like to call it, is that those game files, we cre- I created them in t- 2002, most of them, I haven't changed any of them since. Um, and every year, children grow older and go and do something else, and some new children come along. And it's a bit like the basic idea of the curriculum that you you, know, you create it, spend a lot of resources, and then you reuse it as long as you can until it runs out, basically. So um, it's quite an efficient way of using it. Certainly, if you've got a grant enough to make one thing, you need to work out how long it's going to last before it runs out, that sort of thing. Um, second and C obviously yeah, there's no point in thinking about it for too long you can't eventually actually just go and do it. and that's the scary bit um, the last one I did I wasn't I really like it but it will never take off as a product basically so you know, there comes a point in which you have to let them go and say right okay, I can't work on that anymore because I'm just wasting time because nobody's ever going to actually play it you know, theoretically it will be it will demonstrate the model but it doesn't do it and the last one piggybacking institutional technology specific example of that is to get that first form to work um, I have no access to certain side of scripting that I could get through a, through a council's website except they had a form that their developer had, used a, a form mail Perl script which is a really basic form script But uh, if you put any web page on it point, point this at your server and you just process it in the email it, um, and that's how we managed to do it basically by piggybacking off their existing script that was versatile enough to uh, once you find out what the path was on the website, you can just basically use it. So that's that served me for six years for free as well.
0: Yes, okay, I'll try and wrap it up here. Yeah.
1: Um, things have not worked the last one again. Over complex development of pilots, you can you can get bogged down into your baby. In the the, you know, the yeah. level. The flip side of using other people's technology for free is sometimes they change it. You know, if everyone says um, go and use pop out really three it's free you yeah. know it's not actually charged for yet but now it's Windows Live and I think you can't just not work in upgraded really. and so all sorts of examples of that um, reliance on one person most of these things I've done myself you know if I was ru- knocked down by a bus tomorrow it wouldn't matter too much they'd just sort of live on until they died but, but, but um, only doing talks like this would actually let anyone else know it ever happens regardless. Um not understanding the competition I think that's probably true of anything but put something on the web and you're up against the entire world its budget which is vast basically so you do need to be quite clear about what you're up against because you're always in competition with something. Um, making assumptions about the user, you can make anything as good as you like, it's not too much you've tested, I'll tell you what they, what they, so they might like games but so it doesn't mean they want to game from the library, You know, so you can use the technology but you've got to be careful about the coaching on the cultural space. Um, sorry I should say user behavior of Um so here's some quick technologies that I have used here's some stuff that I have used uh, Flash obviously um, most of that was done with Flash NX which is 7 and, all, um, and then Flash 8 but it doesn't really matter Swift 3D is a bit of fairly cheap 3D software that you can create 3D models um, and then import them into Flash and manipulate them using the scripting in Flash it's not a 3D engine but it does create quite nice graphics quite easy um, Web3B's Audacity is a sound editor it's just like SoundForge, which is the standard sound editor, but it's free and you can get on the uh, internet. File converters, I mentioned. Oh, pencils. Um, pencils a bit. That's not actually Web3B. That should be on its own mm-hmm. bullet point. But um, some of those games were drawn using a pencil and then scanned in and, and then touched up in something like that. I kind don't of know what that is. Perl is the scripting language that I'm to steal off. Um, PHP MySQL is the database thing that's putting that, saving that data uh, and trial software, you can get all sorts of things done with trial software, just gotta watch your terms and conditions but digital cameras, medias, webcams, mobile phones, flatbed scanners, they're all good stuff. Um, quick content creation is about two minutes. Um create it once, use repeatedly, that's the curriculum thing I was doing. So if you can do that, it's very efficient. Once you've created it, you can forget it, it's just done, just use it over and over again. So if there's one thing that everyone's gonna need to do for ten years, separate it from all the things that change every year, create that and then tweak the mess around it. Um, the other slightly different version of that is great once you have a finite lifespan you can't always separate everything some things will stay the same for a while and they may change rapidly but you just need to say right, well this guy's in yeah. the library will be good for the first five years of this library because you're not doing a major refurbishment because it's so lovely that the same anyway um, and then say right after five years we'll cut it and plan for the next development um, multiple self-contained episodes that's usually the sort of thing you're only going to want to do if you've actually got a dedicated resource creating this stuff. Um, so, podcasting is the obvious example of that, where if you've got somebody, you know, if you've got an institution with a media department, then you might be able to get them to do it for you and so on. Um, but you probably wouldn't be able to, to resource that yourself or not guarantee that it would just stop happening because you had a crisis. Um, and the other one's a single resource developed over time. That's probably the most difficult um, and really it's the sort of thing that you only do when you've done pilots because developing anything that's big has got to work basically um, so your, pilot, your little guerrilla pilots sort will of tell you what will work um, but you don't try the last one or two actually say oh, this is worth investing in because it, it will take up your life if you want it to whether you wanted to or not um Fairly obvious stuff. Project the resources you're going to commit. Ask how long you intend to continue doing this. Have a content creation business model, which is the previous slide. Um, decide what your success will be, um, you know, how you'll measure your success, and have an exit strategy if it all goes horribly paychecks. Know how you're going to get out of it. Um, some delivery channels: the web via your sites, the web 2.0 destination sites like Yahoo. Uh, email still still a way of delivering, although it's getting a bit congested podcasting, although I'm not entirely convincing on what's anything that's come from boring people and stuff that comes from exciting people. Uh, CCTV and monitors, those big screens that you, customer screens that you can stick around, kiosks and in-house computers, those are still fairly locked down and it depends on the institution, maybe, there's still quite a good bit of controlled access that you can get half a bit into the capital because there's nothing else they can look at on. It, so. So, here's a good view. Uh, yes, if you need to try out new ideas and you want to control your content, uh, and you've either got in house skills or kit or something else you can steal, like a graphics department or whatever, or you just happen to be you know, in cahoots with a software developer. And obviously, if you plan it well. that is the end of my presentation. Okay. where do we go from I'm looking at a basic guide to um, how to use a library um, which is the real basics about it. if you want to find information you can find it a book, book computer or a person that a sort of level and then for each of those try to create a little module like you know, what is a book although you take it for granted you know, don't have a beginning middle and end and an indexing system and it is a technology in itself It's not fully understood so that's that's what I'm looking at although I've, you know, I've got quite a lot of little projects that are so either written down on the line or down on a piece of paper you could do this but with all of it it's really um, you just keep the ideas there until you get the resource and then you sort of do what you can and then go back to the other <laughs> stuff you have to do, do you children. yes it <laughs> would be although the games I know are played by adults and so there is a crossover Technology. The, the good thing about them is if you can make them fun, people do them and they'll absorb information. Um, so, if you make a book about you know, this the book is a book, it's very interesting, it's got an index, and nobody read it, you, know, you can put a thousand posters on the wall, and nobody ever looks at any of them. Um, you need another poster pointing to the poster to say, Please read that poster, and so on. Um, so, if you can get something that draws them in and engages them for long enough, then the rest of it washes over them, and you know, there's a certain percentage of it goes in, basically you've got to avoid what's the, I can't remember what the quote is but sugar coated learning if you're not careful so there's a lot of games out there which are effectively just quizzes, you know, step-by-step quizzes where you know, choose one two or three, now you make progress to question three you know, choose one, two or three and it's effectively a very, very tedious game and not a game at all, it's just a quiz um, so you've got to watch it a bit but, but if you can make it genuinely entertaining then people will, will want to
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you said it was important not to make assumptions. Mm. I just wondered if you, you were developing things. What assumption have you made that you found? To quite, true? quite a few. Um, the fact that people use your web pages is always a good one. Well, you know they have a sort of token amount of usage, but um, the children don't use library web pages. Yeah. Adults hardly ever use library web pages, except when they're trying to do something like the catalogue page, which is much more used. Um, the fact that you can create a game and the children will want to play it is probably an assumption that you know, to actually you watch your product being ripped to shreds and the piss taken out of it by the loads of children it's quite heartrending, really. But, but, um, but it's, it's the only way to do it, really, is just to sort of say, yeah, like, I don't actually know, but I'm sort of hoping they will play it. And, and some things they'll pick up and do it. Um, I also did a presentation at a conference where I got. Adults to play the game, and the comments from them are completely different. You know, oh, it should be much more this, that, and the other, which should be theoretical and intellectual. But effectively, they didn't really like it either as a game, sort of thing. so there, there is that assumption. I'm trying to think of other things, I'll probably mean lots, but. No, I
0: think
1: the, the, the full one, if you like, is you know, now you've exposed, if you like, sort of, or some sort of your sort assumptions, of, in terms of your next step. How would you do things differently in the future? Right. So the Characteristics of I mean, solutions okay. going forward, really. Yeah, I mean, I think that the biggest thing I'll do for anything is that I, there's a book was that was called like the Innovator's Dilemma by some of the Yeah. And the whole point of that is that you, you can never tell what's going to take off, basically. And the only way to deal with that is to just doing loads and loads of small guerrilla pilots and, and just try this, this, this and this and none of them may work but one will so you have to have that risk. risk budget basically so a proportion of what you have is just there to make mistakes basically because you don't know which of these strands is going to lead you to revolver well or whatever you Might um, be but, Nirvana but basically the classic way of developing anything, so I'm stealing terribly from this book here but the classic way of developing anything is you've got something you make it a bit better. So, if somebody says, well, like, a, like a catalog is a good example of that, it doesn't change much. So, you think, well, this time you can make pictures you. or we have an email you instead of send you a, whatever, or maybe texting. But sometimes you come up and say, actually, we well, don't want the like, catalog at all, we want something completely different. And, and there are all sorts of things like um, just things like MySpace and Yahoo. Do, do you talk to people by email? Well, that's an assumption people make that children talk to each other by email, children don't use email. They use mobile phones and they use online gaming, but they don't, they don't usually use email. They don't use texting. You know, so it, it's quite, there are lots and lots of assumptions that you just think all children like technology. There are some people don't like technology and they actively are against it. I mean, there are well known quote on that that I can't recall. But, but um, I think you just have to sort of test your assumptions very frequently. In lots of different ways, it's, it's probably the only way to try and survive it. Um, protecting the risk budget is quite difficult. I mean, certainly in public like that, the public library, the budgets are like, public like that, public you know, libraries, they're only shrinking. You know, the basic core services are being reduced because the income targets are not being really met, and so on and so forth. So we're currently, on our last annual budget, estimate was it's about, the impacts across the council. So it's talking as if it's going on for 100,000 across our service. To protect things and you can wrap things up so if you've got a grant for it, so it's external money, therefore you're allowed to do it, but you, then you need to make sure you've either got project management built into the into the um, grant money, otherwise, you know, you end up trying to do it anymore there because you've got a crisis and all that sort. so There are lots of things like that. It's just... Okay, thank very much. Okay, you're you're right. okay, okay. You're right, yeah. Really
0: interesting. Lots of fun Okay, we'll be putting the presentation on the, the web, um, and we've been videoing as you know um, so that will be up on the seminar's website sometime in the next few days as well um, and we'd love your feedback uh, there's an evaluation form which I'll hand out if you could let us know what you thought of the seminar and any suggestions for future ones i um, change well, that form to somebody? <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> i should just you the link yes. and <laughs> then you put your comments out not so uh, thanks very much, everyone. you. Okay, yes, thank you very much for listening.